your horse training questions answered. Answered. Welcome to the Carson James Podcast, your weekly boost of horsemanship. No jargon, no fluff, and no BS. Just natural, proven solutions that work. And now, here's Carson James. All right, it looks like we're going to dive a little bit into how to get to the point where do you feel like you can trust your horse a little more, maybe not have to micromanage him and all those kind of things. Now, let me start off by saying this. One of the most common things that people wonder about is how can I come to a point to where I feel like I can relax on and trust my horse? Okay, well, here's the thing. If you let's say you were flying an airplane and you knew the oil hadn't been checked in forever and there were a lot of screws loose all throughout the thing, well, it would not be very smart to totally relax in that airplane because for all you know, you know, something could happen any second and it would be very important that you would be alert and try to be five or six steps ahead of what was going to happen in order to have the best chance of you staying safe and keeping the airplane in one piece. Okay, it would not be until you got in an airplane that was put together well, was caught up on maintenance, you knew everything in that airplane was how it was supposed to be. Only then would it even be a fathomly fathomly good idea to begin relaxing a little bit. So a lot of the times the answer that I give people is, well, I know that that's, you know, like a goal that you're working towards and you should keep doing it and that's great, but with what you're telling me, you know, like the the story you just told me, you probably should not relax too much on that horse. And then it goes in, then the, you know, the conversation follows up with, okay, well, the way you, it's, it's not a specific thing or like mental exercise you do to get to where you can relax and trust your horse. It's just simply realizing that you may have been riding a horse that was not trustworthy in the past. Now you have a horse that is exactly how he should be, and you are now able to relax on him. It just It's kind of just an automatic thing. So when you know that you can walk, trot, and lope, bend, have him look wherever you want, and have him go exactly the speed you want, have him stop, turn, back up, all consistently in the same form, in the same fashion, no matter how many days he's had off, no matter where he's been, if he's been to a new place, no matter if there's other horses around or not, and he's just the exact same predictable horse every single scenario, every single time and scenario that you get on him. Okay, well, pretty quickly, you're going to start getting really relaxed on that horse and without even realize it. And then before long, you go, holy cow, I just realized uh, I used to be tense and nervous on this horse, probably with good reason. And now I'm able to relax, probably with good reason. So how do you get all the things that I just said? 
Okay, well, that goes back into pretty much the main foundation of every podcast and every piece of material that we have ever released and will ever release, and that is the simple fact that a horse is their confidence and their behavior is solely determined by how strong their self-preservation instinct is and how likely and easy it is to tip that instinct over the edge to where it throws up a bunch of brick walls around that horse and does not allow him to comply because that self-preservation is convinced that you don't know what you're doing and you're going to get that horse killed. Now, I know this sounds really exaggerated, but remember, we're talking about this from a horse's perspective, not a human's perspective. So, The real key to being able to not feel like you have to micromanage and be able to relax on a horse, it's two things. I'm going to tell them to you right now. Number one, get good at timing. We'll go into that a little more in a second. Number two, get your horse confident to where you have no reason to not be able to relax on that horse. If you have a reason to not relax, then you should probably not relax, right? But if there's no reason to be tense on that horse or overly alert, then you won't be. See, it's a it's an automatic thing. It's not like a three-step program. So number one we said was timing. Number two we said was confidence. Both of them feed off of the other. The better one gets, the better the other is going to get because it's it's like impossible to have your timing at 50% and have the confidence at 100% and vice versa. So uh, there is a little bit of a leader though. The, the thing, it, it would be the timing that builds the confidence. And I also want to talk for just a second on how timing affects micromanagement. The best example we we have ever thought of to use for this is backing your horse. Okay, well, if you feel like you're having to constantly be pulling, and the instant you stop pulling or doing something pretty dramatic with the reins, he quits on you, stops backing. Well, it's because of the micromanagement. So instead, here's what we do. When he's not backing, we're pulling or doing whatever we normally would. But the instant that he backs, we're going to hardly any pressure at all on the bit, maybe one ounce. And it's only going to last for maybe half a step, and then he'll quit on you. But you are right there and ready. The instant that he starts to quit, you come in with more rain. So you're syncing that up with exactly what his thoughts are. Anytime he's thinking, hey, I think I'll just go backwards, you make it feel really good. Anytime he's thinking, hey, maybe I won't, you make it feel not as good, right? So that would be a really good example of timing and how to start getting away from micromanagement. Another one is they say, hey, Carson, this horse won't go on his own. I have to kick, 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 and the minute I stop kicking, he shuts down. And then I say, well, the reason he shuts down is because you're always kick, kick, kicking. And then they say, well, (laughs) I have to because the minute I stop kick, kick, kicking, he shuts down, and it's this vicious cycle. So then the conversation goes to, okay, well, somebody has to be the one to break the cycle, and it's definitely not going to be the horse because it's a horse. And... 
then from there it goes to, all right, look, here's the deal. You have to do this with good timing and you have to do it with clarity and black and white pressure. And it is literally this simple. It's so simple. This is why most people have a hard time getting it going because they don't believe it could truly be this simple. But word for word, this is what you do. Anytime the feet are moving, there is no leg on him at all. Anytime the feet are not moving, you're kick, 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 kicking pretty hard. And you're synced up with those feet exactly. So you make it easy to walk and difficult to not walk. After a few minutes of that, every time, been doing this for 25 years, there has never been a single horse to where within 5 to 10 minutes, he's maintaining a walk all on his own with zero pressure. You could apply this to lunging also or, you know, whatever. Now we're going to bring it up to a trot. Here's the deal. First, you're just going to make sure that he understands what he needs to do to get you to stop kicking. So as you're walking along, you're going to start kicking, 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 kicking. And within 5 to 15 seconds, as you're amping up the heat of those legs, he may not trot, but you'll feel him make a slight change in a small trot. Usually it's in the form of he just walks a little bit faster. You'll feel it. It's pretty obvious. You feel a little burst of extra movement in your saddle. Okay, right when you feel that, you take the legs away and you pet him. If he wants to stop, let him. get. Let him stand for a few seconds. Reward him. Let him know without a doubt that was right. Do that about six or seven more times. Now he's to the point to where he's got it figured out. A little bump squeeze of the heel means he needs to roll into a uh, something with a little more energy. If he doesn't, very quickly following that is going to be uh, you know, a kick, 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 good bit of legs. So... Now you've got him to where it's very easy to get him to put a little more energy into the walk. Now you're going to do that same thing again, but you're going to do this until the point to where he rolls into a trot. And we don't care if it's just one step. The instant he trots, you ease off. Then you come back in, and then you start honing it in. So now the game is, all right, buddy, anytime you're in a trot, there's zero pressure. Anytime you're not, there's a good bit of pressure. And then we move on to the lope. And then even the extended lope or the run, if you want. And uh, it's worked on every horse within 30 minutes for 25 years. So everything we just went through there was building clarity and confidence and clear leadership from the human. Well, that also is going to cut that that clarity and that leadership is also going to cause the self-preservation walls to lower around the horse and allow him to comply with your thoughts. It is going to allow him to do things that you're asking him to do in a relaxed manner. Because now you have started doing what the lead horse does to become the lead horse in turn telling the self-preservation, hey, I got this. Except for now, the self-preservation actually is kind of like believing that you're right. Whereas before... It knew within three seconds, like, oh, no, horse, this person has no clue what they're doing. Just try to ignore them. See how that works. So you can see how the person before we had the talk with all the bad timing and stuff is just confusing the horse, making him get more tense and less confident in himself and the human. Whereas now when we get a little bit of timing and we get a little bit of clarity and leadership, well, now 
everything's kind of starting to be how it's supposed to be. Now, you noticed how before we had the talk, the person was having to micromanage the horse. After we had the talk, now they're not having to micromanage. So micromanagement and confidence in the uh, the horse being confident, which then allows the rider to be relaxed. See, it's all, it's all linked. Everything complements the next. You can't really get one without inadvertently being able to cause a domino effect and having the rest of these things start to uh, start working for you as well. So if you say, okay, well, what's, what's another thing I could do to increase my horse's confidence? Okay, well, get him where, he's, where he has enough confidence in knowing what he's supposed to do when you mount, which is stand still. So you look around at most horses today, they, they really have no clue. They have no confidence. They don't know when they're supposed to slow down, when they're supposed to speed up, when they're supposed to stand still, when they're supposed to get in the trailer, when they're supposed to back up, when they're supposed to look left and right, lower their head. And I mean, you know, they might kind of do it, but they don't really, it's like you really have to cause it to happen. It's, it's not really like you just kind of think it and slightly position your body to hint what you want to happen and then the horse just does it see that's kind of the difference uh in the backing example we're looking to where you just kind of sit down on your pockets a little bit take up the slack out of the reins to where you barely feel contact with his mouth and from there you just keep a little bit of life in the reins so you're just kind of moving your hand about an inch where he can feel a little bit of energy on his mouth. Not a pull, just some movement. A little bit of movement. That should be all it takes for that horse to just come to life and start carrying you backwards. That's, of that's you know, a big, big difference from it feeling like you have to physically pull to cause him to back up. When you reach, they should get the same idea that you're thinking, and then it should just happen. They should carry you through these things. They should carry you in a side pass, a back, a trot, a stop, a lope, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And remember, think of all this as a context. We're, we're, get, we're assigning it to specific examples, but this is how you need everything to be. When I just kind of subtly hint, hey, there's an open trailer over there. He just goes and gets in it. 99.9% all on his own, right? Uh, not smooching, not having to really even raise the hand or use a flag or anything like that. So that's what we're going for. And the key to being able to trust your horse is start getting in there and like we talked about the airplane in the first scenario, start changing the oil and tightening up the loose screws. And uh, if you see that the wings have a giant crack in them, fix it. And you say, well, how do you see if it's cracked? Well, you got to start looking at the wings. Like the horse will always tell you very clearly where he needs help. Uh, 
everybody that's ever been to a clinic says, yeah, his groundwork's pretty good. And we have him do the most basic groundwork thing that you would do with a colt on his very first groundwork session. And I'd say 98% of the time, uh, there's not a single horse there that can do it. Or, I mean, they can do it, but not to the degree that we really want it to be. So don't, uh, don't sell your horse short and cheat him because it's easier to say, oh, no, he knows that. I can move on. Like, if you feel like your horse is, like, knows how to side pass, try to get him to side pass without actually putting a leg on him. And try to get him to do it without actually picking up the reins. If he nails it 100%, absolutely clean and balanced, 11 out of 10 times, at a walk and at least a really fast trot, then, only then... Maybe I would personally start saying, yeah, this horse is starting to have a general idea of what it means to side pass. So it's because you set that high standard that you avoid falling into the trap of thinking you're getting in an airplane that's perfectly good when in reality you're actually getting in something that not even Neil Armstrong should probably be trying to fly around in so that's a uh that's probably one of the best scenarios i've ever come up with about how what's actually going on with most horses is that airplane thing so all right i hope that guy uh i hope that helps you guys out and uh gives you an idea of some places to start looking within yourself and within your horse and gives you some idea of some standards that you could raise for the purposes of improving the quality and tightening up those loose screws. All right, have a good night. We will talk to you next time. You've been listening to the Carson James Podcast. Real, simple, horsemanship. Subscribe now to get new questions answered every week. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, drop us a review and share it with your horsey friends. 